When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Insurance companies love using jingles to sell your policies. But not A, that's AAA. With affordable auto and home insurance plus America's most recommended roadside assistance. Who needs a catch and jingle? This jingle has been interrupted by AAA Insurance. With affordable auto and home insurance plus America's most recommended roadside assistance, AAA doesn't need catchy jingles because we offer coverage confidence. Visit AAA.com for details and choose coverage confidence. AAA, outsmart life. Howdy ho, Junior Rangers. Excuse me. <laughs> Um, I don't know why I just unlocked a suppressed memory from Full House to open the pod. Uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed. Let me explain how this podcast works. I'm in this little virtual studio with my producer, Allison. She's amazing. She probably thinks I'm full-on crackhead. I just said, howdy ho, Junior Rangers. Like, when she starts recording, gives me this countdown, six, five, four, three, two, one, and sometimes I just have like a little semi panic attack and uh then it records and I pull out a Ranger Roy reference from Full House. Uh how many of you said howdy ho Ranger Roy back to me? If you did, you're my people. If you're listening for the first time, you're like where the heck am I? I thought this was a pop culture podcast. It is. Welcome to Morgan's Pop Talks brought to you by The Dip. This is a pop culture podcast even though I just gave a little Full house memory lane stroll there. Let's get into what you're here for. The pop three, the deep dive. Uh, and we're going to do a review this week on the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. I have to swallow my pride with this one because boy, oh boy, was I wrong about this show. So just some housekeeping before we get started. Next week, with it being the holiday, uh, the new podcast episode is going to come out on Wednesday, okay? Say it with me, Wednesday. Y'all sound good. And I'm going to have a very special guest on with me, so don't forget, Wednesday. Yes, good. Okay, pop three. Let's get into it. Paris Hilton is married. I got emotional when I saw the pictures of Paris in her four dresses. Did we expect anything less? No. Love it. Here for it. Absolutely living. Paris Hilton got married to Carter Ream this past weekend in a three-day extravaganza. Like I said, four wedding dresses. All amazing. The ceremony dress was a custom-made dress from Oscar de la Renta design. Um, But what I actually didn't know, I posted on my Instagram and I was like, wow, love this look. I just did not think Paris would go for it. It was long sleeve, high neck, uh, you know, flower detail, a bit of a ball gown. And I was like, wow, I just really wasn't expecting Paris to wear something like that. I love it. Um, 
actually, her sister Nikki and her mom Kathy's dress were all very similar. So they were all little odes to each other, which I thought was really, really cute. So who did Paris Hilton marry? His name is Carter Ream. He's an entrepreneur and a venture capitalist worth around 40 million dollars after launching a successful business with his older brother, Courtney. Uh, The brothers were early investors in the security firm Ring, as well as the shoe brand Rothy's and Snapchat. So um, I watched one episode of Paris in Love because I got Peacock when I (laughs) went to watch The Ultimate Girls Trip. I'm just going to say in general, I don't love the Paris Hilton show, which I was a little bit disappointed by because I did love her documentary that came out on Netflix and I love Paris Hilton. You know, if you don't know, Paris pretends to be a dumb blonde. She's really not dumb at all. She's actually very, very smart when it comes to press and marketing and, you know, strategy when it comes to her businesses. Um, So I was not surprised when she dropped the first episode of this show the weekend of her wedding. You know, everyone was talking about her. Everybody was sharing photos. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it. It just looked like they're in love, but they almost try too hard to prove that they're in love with each other. It's like every five seconds, Paris is like, he's the one and I'm sure this time and he has his own money and he doesn't want my money. And I just found myself noticing that they kept repeating the same thing over and over and over again, like to prove to us that they're in love or something. I don't really know. Um, And it also came out this week that he has a love child. Yeah, you heard that right. He's only seen his daughter uh, once since she was born nine years ago. The mother is reality star Laura Belize of Secrets of Aspen. I haven't heard of it, no offense, but the child lives with her in California. Spokesperson for Reem said, the people who the story matters to have known about it for 10 years. Carter supports this child. While he doesn't have a traditional father-daughter relationship with her, he has provided for her since she was born and will continue to do so. Reem had signed a doc that acknowledged she was the father, despite never taking a paternity test. A source also said that the girl has been triggered by seeing the wedding coverage, saying also she saw the articles of Paris and Carter talking about starting a family. She felt tremendous rejection and felt left out. She wants to have a relationship with him. Um, I got that on page six. My question with this is Paris and Carter were engaged for quite some time. So why is this story only making headlines the day after their wedding. That's when this story came out. So ponder on that one. I don't think I'm going to make any judgments on that one because that is a deep hole to get down. Let's move on to headline number two. Becca Kufrin unfollowed Katie Thurston this week because of some shade Katie was throwing on Instagram. Former bachelorette Katie Thurston is doing this 12 Days of Messy where she puts Taylor Swift songs to her exes. I know I'm supposed to care about this, but I just don't. At this point, I just don't. Anyways, uh, day number four was Thomas, you know, the villain. Thomas, now dating Becca. She chose I Knew You Were Trouble by Taylor Swift to go with Thomas. If you didn't watch Katie's season, congrats on saving three months of your life because it was a complete and total waste of time. She ended up picking somebody that uh, was on Previous seasons of The Bachelorette, both of them could have gone to Bachelor in Paradise. They could have gotten engaged and broke up a week later like they did in real life. 
Thomas was the villain of the season, said he thought about um, being The Bachelor, and people were all up in arms, like that he had the thought that he could potentially be The Bachelor, and that's it. As if everybody else there never had the idea that they could maybe, possibly, potentially be The Bachelor. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Uh, He then went on Bachelor in Paradise, met former Bachelorette Becca Kufrin, and now they are dating. So not long after, Katie posted, I knew you would travel when you walked in to Thomas. Fans noticed that Becca unfollowed Katie, and Katie still follows her. Thomas and Katie both don't follow each other. If I was Becca, I'd do the same thing. Katie's season is over. There's no reason for Katie to be talking about Thomas. And it's odd because they all were together recently. And I can't remember if it was like some music festival. I don't know. I can't keep up with those Bachelor Nation people. They truly live in their own parallel universe. You know what I mean? Where they only hang out with each other. They only do things with each other. And and they're all just in little, little like minion groups around the country. So they were all together recently and people were freaking out about it then. They were like, oh my gosh, Katie is hanging out with with Becca and Thomas, doesn't she hate Thomas? And we're like, cool, they buried the hatchet. They're adults, like whatever. I couldn't really tell you why Katie is doing this. Maybe it's just for fun. Maybe it's to get people like me talking again. Uh, When her season ended, she had 1 million followers on Instagram. Now she has 979,000. They're dropping like flies. But she might not care about the followers at all. I don't know. It reminds me of when you used to tweet like song lyrics or put them in your AIM away message. Oh, my God. I did that to my boyfriend, my current boyfriend. David and I dated 10 years ago when I was in high school and we broke up, obviously, because I was going to college and he moved back home to South Africa like that was ever going to work out when I was 18 years old. I tweeted some Coldplay lyrics, you know, and the tears come streaming down your face when you lose someone you can't replace. I have sang way too many times. We've only been on this podcast for 10 minutes, but I did tweet that. I was 18 at the time. Katie's 30. I mean, but to each their own, I guess. Let's move on to headline number three. Hannah Brown and Peter Weber. Now, this is one way to really piss me off on a Thursday. Hannah Brown giving us some inside tea from her new book, God Bless This Mess. Mm, That wasn't a great accent. God Bless This Mess. I don't know. I can't do it. Everyone has a book these days. Maddie, Hannah B, Tyler C, Matt James is coming out with a book. Pilot P wrote a kid's book. At least he knows his audience. Hannah Brown is revealing that she and Peter hooked up while his season of The Bachelor was airing. She told People Magazine, Peter told me he'd quit the show 100% if I could say that I wanted to be with him. I wanted to go on a date with him, but I couldn't say that I knew for sure. That's not a huge shocker because we did see Peter say that to Hannah Brown on the show. But that's not all. According to Cosmo, in February of 2020, they both were at an engagement party for Bachelor in Paradise couple Dylan Barber and Hannah Godwin. Pilot Peter and Hannah Brown ended up leaving the party together. In her book, Hannah wrote about how she and Pete 
wound up spending the night together once they left the party. And then Hannah told people that Peter was like, I have so much to tell you, but that she thought the chemistry wasn't there and it sucked. And then she found out that he had been thinking about Maddie, which she said was bizarre. According to people, Hannah and Pete haven't spoken since. Peter, why? Peter, why? Why did you choose yourself? Pilot Peter. Don't forget, Peter was DMing Hannah Brown while he was engaged to Hannah Ann. Remember, he wanted closure, and Hannah Ann was like, What the heck is wrong with you, dude? So, someone on Bachelor Nation Scoop did the whole timeline. Mid-January was the breakup with Hannah Ann. End of February was the hookup with Hannah B. March 10th, try to reconnect with Maddie on After the Final Rose. March 12th, official breakup with Maddie. March 25th, first picture of Kelly and Peter. I mean, I guess we can no longer be mad at Barb for saying him and Maddie are not the same person because they're quite literally the opposite. Maddie saving herself for marriage. Peter saving himself for the next person who gives him attention. Did you guys know that I was on Pilot Peter's season of The Bachelor? Mm-hmm. I sure was. That's a story I haven't told on the podcast before. I'll make it quick. I live in Cleveland. I work on a radio show. If you guys remember, Pilot Peter came to Cleveland um, for some of their group dates. And I was talking on the radio show about how I wanted to be in attendance, but I kept getting denied because I was media and I wasn't allowed to go. Long story short, one of the producers heard me talking on the radio about it, found my number, called me up late on a Thursday night and was like, hey, Morgan, what are you doing tomorrow from, you know, I don't know, noon to 10 o'clock at night? I was like, nothing. I don't have a life. I get done working really early in the morning. So if you remember, they did a flag football day or not flag tackle football straight up. They were like wrestling each other to the ground. They had two local commentators to like do the play by play for them. Your girl, Morgan P. Talks was one of the commentators. I met Pilot Pete. He was very nice, which makes me bummed when I hear all this stuff that comes out about him because he was really nice to me. Maybe he's too nice. And maybe that's the problem. He just loves the ladies. It's on YouTube, by the way. If you look up a Bachelor Bull, you will see your girl make her reality TV debut, my 20 seconds of fame. All right, you guys, hang on. We're going to be right back and we will get into our deep dive this week all about Jen Shaw. Hang on. I'm a talking gopher, here to encourage you to buy insurance. Because you should always listen to the advice of spokes animals. After all, who knows more about protecting your home and car than an articulate gopher like me? So let's get down to it. Talk this about- spokes animal has been interrupted by AAA Insurance. With affordable auto and home insurance, plus America's most recommended roadside, AAA doesn't need talking gophers because we offer coverage confidence. Visit AAA.com for details and choose coverage confidence. AAA, outsmart life. 
All right, time to get into our deep dive. As you guys know, every single week, I take submissions from my followers on Instagram at Morgan P. Talks. Whatever you guys want to talk about is what we do the deep dive on. So this week's question is coming to us from Maggie. Hi, Morgan. This is Maggie from Spokane, Washington. I have a question for you that we need a deep dive on. What is going on with Jen Shaw based on the last episode of Salt Lake? And what are you thinking about Meredith's reaction to everything? I'm also wondering if we think Lisa is guilty because she was acting really sketch calling all six of her lawyers. Thank you. Thanks, Maggie. Of course, you guys know we have to talk about Jen Shaw. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City with one of the greatest episodes I have ever seen. Homeland Security, the SWAT team, the FBI, NYPD all show up looking for Jen Shaw at Beauty Lab before the ladies head out to Vail. Then they're stuck in a van together for five hours. That's one way to pass the time. Try to figure out why your friend is on the run from the feds while you're stuck in a van going to Vail. Here's what Jen was charged with. Jen Shaw and her assistant, Stuart Smith, who we know as Stu Chains, have been arrested and charged by the feds for alleged involvement in a national telemarketing scheme. Officials say the pair generated lists of seemingly elderly people to give to their cohorts for the purpose of defrauding them. The charges they got, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering, could get them up to 50 years in jail. So what does that mean? Okay, you go on the Zara website. The first thing that pops up at the bottom says, we use first-party and third-party cookies for analytical purposes and to show you advertising related to your preferences based on your browsing habits and profile. Then it has a little option for you to click. It says, do not sell my personal information. If you click that, all is well. Basically, what this does is this is how your Facebook, your Instagram, whatever, tailors the ads that you see on your feeds to your preferences. So basically, what Jen is accused of doing is doing this but with fraudulent websites. So selling goods or services that don't exist to people who are, you know, vulnerable easily influenced, so on and so forth. So Jen Shaw is maintaining her innocence. In fact, she's been all over social media this week defending herself, defending her employee that allegedly stole from Meredith's store. We'll get to that in a second. But let's just go through the women and how they're reacting to Jen Shaw maybe potentially being a criminal. Heather, heartbroken, naive, thinking Jen would go turn herself in. Heather, she just told you that her husband had internal bleeding to run away from the feds. You think she's going to go turn herself in? God bless you, Heather. Whitney, I would be the Whitney, ready to crack the case. I mean, hello, you're listening to a segment called The Deep Dive, and you think I wouldn't act like Whitney Wild Rose? Not a lawyer. Just putting it out there in case you forgot. I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not a doctor. I'm just obsessed with these people's lives. Uh, Jenny, she's like, can you guys chill? I love Je- I love Jenny. And Jen Shaw is on her Instagram, like, riding with Jenny. She's like, Jenny's a real one. Jenny's not jumping to conclusions. So it seems like they are okay. Lisa shook. 
That's how she said it. To answer Maggie's question, do I think Lisa's guilty of something? No, I don't think she's guilty. Uh, I think when you have six lawyers on payroll and you just get ambushed by a SWAT team, you probably call them. You know, when drama happens in my life, I call at least four of my friends and I only have four, but I have them on speed dial and I go one, then the next, then the next, then the next, just to get different perspectives. I think Lisa probably knows if Jen was seeing somebody else. Let's recap that for a second, because at the end of the episode, they're all sitting around a dinner table and Heather starts talking about how she ordered Jen an Uber home at like 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night. And Jen got out of the Uber a half a mile from where Jen was supposed to be dropped off. Lisa's like, "Uh, when was that? What time? Like, I don't know. I don't know anything, but maybe she met up with somebody else. You know, we got that shot of her crying right before the credits start rolling. I wouldn't be surprised if Jen was seeing somebody else. They made such a huge deal over Sharif never being with Jen last season, never being home, missing Jen's dad's funeral. So if that's what Lisa knows and she's thinking like, oh, this could be, you know, even worse for Jen's public image or whatever. Maybe that's what she's upset about, but I don't necessarily think that she's acting guilty of anything. Mary. Mary makes me laugh, man. I don't know what's going on with the church situation, but shout out to Robert Sr. for letting us know what it means when Homeland Security shows up because I didn't know. It means that they had weapons inside the house. Meredith having a celebratory bubble bath I get it. I'm a bath person myself. Most times I'm too lazy to stand up in the shower after a long day. So I take baths every single day. Do I think Meredith tipped off the feds? No, I don't. They arrested Jen on the side of the road, apparently, because they were tracking her phone. Couldn't they have tracked her phone to Beauty Lab? Or if Sharif is the one who called Jen, if if all these people, the SWAT team, the FBI, whoever it was, are showing up to Sharif's house and they ask, where's Jen? Do you think he's going to lie? Or do you think he's going to say beauty lab and then call her and tell her, hightail it out of there, sister? I don't know. I just think there's a lot of different possibilities and it's the FBI. Like the FBI does not need help from Meredith Marks to figure out where Jen Shaw is, you know, but what do I know? I've never been arrested or hunted down by the FBI. So what do I know? So where are we right now? Like I said, Jen is on Instagram posting stories like innocent until proven guilty. And she's sticking up for this said employee who stole from Meredith's store, which Jen called a swap meet. <laughs> Rude, but funny. So this post is from Marilo Bueno on Twitter. It's long, but here's a short little snippet. You know, he's saying these are false allegations. The footage is twisted and chopped. Said the bag in the footage is white and that the green clutch was in the bag wrapped in paper. When the manager reached out, he was confused because Jen had only looked at white ones. So he looked inside the bag, saw the green one and was like, this is not supposed to be in here and then took it back. He also said that if you look at the footage that was shown, he's not picking up a green clutch. He's picking up a white one. Okay. So there's some confusion. I don't know what color it was. Jen's sharing that on her page. One, I just find that odd. No one would have known who this guy is. Why even write this three page explanation? Like your face was blurred out. Unless you live in Utah, we would have never known who this guy was. But then Heather did an interview that was very, very interesting. 
she used to employ this man as well at Beauty Lab, and she had to let him go for, can you guess, stealing. So in this interview, Heather says that Jen told Heather that this man had been taking cash tips from Jen on the side and not informing management, not telling Heather, which is a policy at Beauty Lab. They don't accept tips. There's no commission on sales. She says it's like a bread and butter business. They choose to do their business that way because they want to be different. Jen was giving him cash on the side to make her appointments, to give her treatments, which is the opposite of their beauty lab policy. So when Heather confronted him with it, he admitted it and resigned that day. And now he works for Jen Shaw. I'm just going to let you process that. I'm working really hard, you guys. The Bravo Docket is a really great Instagram. They're two lawyers. They really break down everything legally that goes on with Erica, with Jen. I tried to get them on this week, but they're booked. I'm going to try to get them on very, very soon so we can talk more in-depth about the legalities of it all because, like I said, not a lawyer, but it is interesting that Two housewives are dealing with huge legal issues at the moment. Of course, we know Erica Jane and now Jen Shaw. Up until now, the Bravo fandom hasn't really been talking about Jen. A whole lot of the focus has been on Erica Jane, which is so interesting because Jen has a charge against her. Erica does not. So why is Erica getting a lot more heat up until now. I mean, obviously, as things start airing, Jen is going to get more heat. I've talked about this point a lot on the pod, and I think it really does boil down to how these housewives act online. Like I said, obviously, now that the season is airing, Jen is more vocal, but up until now, the scrutiny has not been nearly as loud as it has been for Erica Jane. I know there's different you know, ways of thinking that you can go about this. You can say, well, we've been watching Beverly Hills, so that's why we're more invested. You know, the scrutiny will pick up on Jen as we see this play out. But, you know, I I beg to differ because even as soon as Erica Jane filed for divorce, I remember it was it was everywhere. And ever since that moment, I think it was November 3rd, it just has been one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. And we the, we weren't watching the season at that point. And I really think it boils down to the fact that Erica cannot cool it on social media. If Erica Jane had just put her head down, stayed off social media for a while, or at least didn't post like half-naked pictures every day, I feel like a lot more people would probably believe her, would not be so intense on her, but she just couldn't do it. It's almost like any attention, good or bad, she thrives off of. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how things pick up for Jen and (laughs) bamboozled, not a lawyer. All right, guys, that's it for this week's deep dive. Like I said before, if there's something that you want me to talk about, go in a little bit more detail, do some research, you can always submit. I take submissions every Tuesday on my Instagram page at Morgan P. Talks. So write down a running list of things you want to gossip about and submit on Tuesdays. 
For our final portion of today's podcast, we're going to do a good old-fashioned review of the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. Peacock surprised us all with three episodes of the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. First question I always get when I talk about this, what's Peacock? It's NBC Universal's streaming service. Second question I get, is it free? I don't know. I'm on my friends, but I don't think I'm supposed to admit that. It's a Housewives fan dream, right? Take the most popular, longest standing housewives, drop them on an island somewhere and see who combusts first. The answer is Ramona. So who's in Turks and Caicos? From Beverly Hills, it's Kyle. From Atlanta, it's Cynthia and Kenya. From New York, it's Ramona and Luann. And from New Jersey, it's Teresa and Melissa. I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to hate it. And I loved it. I wanted to hate it so bad. I was like, this is a lame attempt to try to get people to download Peacock. And I stand humbled, corrected. I could not have been more wrong about this show. Everything about it, the way it's edited, the way it's produced, the confessional room. It's very Love Island meets Housewives, which is it's just so cool to see. So like I said, they released three episodes. Episode one is all about Ramona being Ramona. She calls Kenya Portia horrible. She calls Kenya the B word horrible. She's fighting with people for the nicest rooms. It's the hot mess express. And who better to put Ramona Singer right back in her place than Kenya Moore? Ramona needed an encounter with Kenya like 10 years ago. Maybe she would have turned out a little differently. Kenya's not having any of it from Ramona. I was just waiting to hear like the drum cadence. Kenya more hair care. Best housewives moment of all time. Episode two, we get into some drama between Ramona and everybody. Cynthia and Kyle have a little bit of a spat, which is surprising I mean, you wouldn't think of all people that Cynthia and Kyle would be the dramatic ones. And then episode three, it's Kenya and Cynthia fighting and Melissa and Teresa. I mean, what a shocker there. But what I love about this show is that the attention of the show like shifts very quickly. They don't ever spend too much time on one particular housewife or one issue. And I think it's a really, really good pace. Like, yes, episode one is all about you you know, Ramona. But episode two, they move on to different people. So it's not just like a puppy gate situation where they're talking about the same drama for, you know, three hours of our life. I'm also loving that we're seeing different sides to these women. It really feels like they're breaking fourth wall here because they open up about the experiences of their own respective shows. Like, for example, Kyle talking to Ramona over her body image issues. Cynthia and Teresa have a moment talking about, you know, all that Teresa has been through. And Teresa says she feels like no one on her cast sticks up for her, including her sister, Melissa. So it's just interesting to hear more perspective on what goes down behind the scenes of each city. You know, Kenya and Melissa, they're having a cute little girl crush on each other. I think it's better than anything that's currently airing on Bravo. My critiques of it so far, Luann isn't bringing a whole lot. And I like Lou. She has her good moments, but I find myself wishing Sonia was there. And people are like, you know, they want to stick to the OGs and whatever. 
semantics, logistics, who cares? Melissa came on season three, put Sonia on there. I don't even think Luann was in season one of New York. I think she was two or three. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll give it time. And, you know, with all the chaos that's going on surrounding the Real Housewives of New York right now, with them not having a reunion, with them postponing until 2023 because of the alleged racist things that Ramona is saying, there was always this rumor going around that maybe they canceled the reunion, maybe they canceled this next season or put it on, you know, hiatus for a little bit because of Ramona's involvement in the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. They didn't want to ultimately like sabotage viewership for the girls trip because people are really pissed off at Ramona. And I mean, I think it makes sense that theory, because Ramona is a huge storyline. I mean, the whole first episode is about Ramona and how literally wacko she is. So I'll let you kind of mold that one over and come to a conclusion on your own, but if the shoe fits. I'll tell you what I'm really excited for, and that's season two of this Ultimate Girls Trip. They've already filmed it, and it's the pretty much a ghost of housewives past, which I feel like is going to be even better because they're like reliving their glory days of being on reality TV. It's in the Berserkshires at Bluestone Manor. And here's the cast. Dorinda Medley, Jill Zarin, Tamara Judge, Phaedra Parks, Vicki Gumbelson, Eva Marcel Sterling, Brandy Glanville, and Taylor Armstrong. Now that has me ready to whoop it up. Oh, I didn't rate it. I got to give it out of seven. Ooh, what should it be? That's hard. Ooh, put me on the spot. I'll say seven out of seven margaritas. They're drinking margaritas a lot. Or seven out of seven naked Ramonas. If you've watched episode one, you know why. All right, you guys, there you have it. Another episode in the books. Before you go, make sure you rate, review, follow, subscribe, whatever it is that your phone tells you to do. Let's read a review, shall we? Amanda1120 says, this podcast is a major highlight of my week. I'm always looking forward to the next episode and I love how relatable Morgan is. When I listen, I feel like I'm talking with my friends. The best part is how Morgan listens to her listeners and is constantly looking for topics the listeners want to hear about. I'm so happy I have this podcast to help me make it through my week. Amanda. You're keeping me young, girl. It's true. I love getting input from you guys. Love having a follower on every single week for the people, by the people. It's democracy. And we're keeping it that way. Don't forget, you guys, next week, Wednesday, not Thursday. Thursday, we're going to be eating good. We're going to be gaining some poundage, and I'm not even mad about it. Have a happy Thanksgiving. I know I'll talk to you before then. But don't forget Wednesday and a special guest. A really special guest, but I'm not going to tell you him. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. 